Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. All right, guys. So today on Habits and Hustle, we have a face reader. His name is Eric Standup. It's very nice to meet you. I just want to, I wanted to start by saying, and I said this to you before, I have been dying to have you on for months and months and months. I find what you do so fascinating. And um, I'm just excited to like hear what you have to say. I mean, you're a face reader. There's probably not many of you in the world. Yes and no. On the one hand, there might be five or six who are specialized in that kind of old technique. Right. But then we have seven billion face readers on the planet. Well, oh, right. So you right. So were saying to me before that everybody is a face reader. Yeah, absolutely. But how did you become a professional face, face reader? reader? Well, it started 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I had my second burnout. Mm. I left my job. I was a CMO in the computer gaming industry. You and were? I, yeah. I oh, was wow. just running away from what I did. And running away meant I stopped in South Africa, in uh, Cape Town. Right. And at the beach, I tried to kite surf. It didn't work out. So I went into a bar, and because friends recommend me there is a face reader inside, and I said, that's bullshit. I don't believe in stuff like that. Right. But we bet. So I went inside, and I saw anything that I expected. An old man, rotten clothes, no teeth, alcohol. So I was like, uh-huh, yeah, that's what I expect. Right. I was very rude to him, I have to say, and said, oh, you're the guru, the master, read my face, come on. And he said, oh. I can tell you are aggressive, you're not patient, uh, you're competitive, and I'm like, oh, that's what I would say to anyone who is in a management position or wherever. And he said, okay, let's talk about health. And while we talked about health, he summed up all my health issues. And that was frightening. On the other hand, I was curious as well, because how can that be? How can an inflammation of the intestine written in the face or asthma or allergies, how can that be written in the face? How is that possible? So my idea was to go back to Europe, to learn it, and then use it as a tool in my profession, my business. So next time I speak to the CEO or to clients or to employees, I know exactly what's going on in terms of health. So you can actually tell someone's health by reading their face? Um, yes and no. So first of all, everyone can do that. When we know someone well, we very often say, oh, you don't look good, uh, everything okay right. with you? Are you healthy? Because the organs are connected via the nervous system with your face. If there would be no connection, we couldn't say that. Right. And the old doctors, Hippocrat, Hippocratic Oath, mm -hmm. uh, they have been face readers because there was no blood screening. There was no, no other test in, except reading and, and also smelling and tasting. Sweat. But you can't, but so like, besides, like you said, like if I were looking at someone I know as a friend, I'd be like, yeah, you don't look so great. Like your, your color could be off, but, but I would not be able to tell if someone has asthma or. Okay. Let's start like a, a basic. True, yeah. And let's start basic. When you see a man, a corner here, somewhere in the streets of LA and you see a big rat nose tip, right? Yeah. So you have. A big what? Rat? Uh, nose tip. Red nose. Okay. So you first have an idea of. Mm, why is that? Right. And if you see that this guy is a little bit like shaky, you already refer to alcohol. Right. That's true. That's and true. why is that? Now, the nose tip is connected with your stomach. So any changes in the stomach color the nose tip in a red way because the inflammation of the muscous membrane of the stomach then via the nerve system colors the nose tip reddish. And then you know, ah, there's an inflammation in the stomach. From the alcoholic, it's the alcohol, the strong alcohol attacks the muscles membrane, but it could be also gastritis, or it could be kind of a nervous reaction when you have stage fright. Um, so we very often grab the nose tip also when we feel something is stimulated. That's very often the case when we, when we have intense feelings, or like some others did when they lie, they pretty often grab the nose. Um, really? Yeah, that is one sign. It doesn't have to. If it's Your tip of the nose right now is red. Yeah, because I grabbed it. Huh? Oh, you grabbed it. But no, you're right. My stomach is already stimulated. I just came from a big summit in Napa Valley, and I overdid. I overindulged. I, I eat a lot. I'm, a, I'm definitely a stomach person. So If you I, have any issues, it'll be I, in the stomach. Yeah, stomach and, and intestine is always stimulated at mine. So this is one way. Or another, let's say you see someone with dark circles below the eyes. You always would say, oh, haven't slept enough, or a flu. Or 
a chemotherapy. So dark circles below the eyes are related to a loss of iron, the mineral. And when we lose iron, we are not able to support our immunity system very well. And that can be seen below the eyes. Wow. So there's certain, there are certain things that you can kind of, uh, I guess, calculate by certain tips. So if like you're saying like the gut is um, it, like basically connected to like the tip of your nose being red or exactly. under your eye is a lack of iron. So you can kind of like, you can learn these things and then kind of piece it together. Exactly. And you can do even more. You can relate health with love, for example. I'll show you an example. When you look on old people, they usually, not usually, but very often old people lose blood from the lips. Yeah. The lips get whitish. So why? The lips are connected, especially the lower lip is connected with your collar. So when your you... Your colon and your yeah. lower lip are connected? Yes. Oh, so interesting. When, when you do facial massage, right. and you want to stimulate the colon, you stimulate the lower lip. Now... When you have not enough uh, blood here in the Mm -hmm. lower lip, it means your digestive system is weak, falling asleep, not as active as before. And now here comes the funny thing with love or other things. Mm -hmm. When you see someone on the street doing this, Mm -hmm. what the guy is thinking is very often, how can I get rid of something? How can I solve the problem? This person is not thinking, oh, my wife is the most beautiful wife. Uh, he's more like, how can I solve that? How can I get rid of that? Right. So it's automatically, thinking. we grab that piece of our face that is related to an organ. Or when you have a dating, and women right. want to get rid of this guy on the other side because they find out, oh, the date runs. <laughs> Worst scenario, they do this. But what? But I thought that was. I thought the lower lip was related to the colon. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do that, right, it shows I want to get rid of something. Maybe. I want to get rid oh, of this guy. Oh, so right like you're basically excreting it. But then you said when someone does rubs their lip, like you said, like I do that too right now, and I'm rubbing my. I'm Sweet. thinking that's not my colon, that's my brain. It is exactly the brain forces you to do that, and it forces you to do that because you want to think. Okay, how can I bring that question out? How do I? Um, formulate it. How do I present it? So it's all about like excretion of some kind, yeah. or or like. Which could be the colon, I guess. Uh, because you wouldn't do that. Uh, oh, how can I get rid of that? Uh, or you wouldn't do that. Oh, how can I get rid of that? You wouldn't do this. Oh, how can I get rid of that? You yeah. immediately grab to the right part. You grab your, your, you actually grab your lower lip. That actually makes a lot of sense. So then what's the difference between uh, face, like, face reading and body language? Like face language and body language. Uh-huh. Good, good question. Because... Okay. It's very interesting that mammals, when they are born, they start to read the body language of mom. You can see that monkeys do that. Yeah. While humans, when they're born, right. babies, they start to read faces. So we learn in the first, especially in the first year, a tremendous amount of information by reading faces. So it's very important that a baby sees a lot of faces as well, especially moms. Right, right, right. Um, it's stimulated because in our hypothalamus, we have a center that does face recognition. We now have machines for that. But right. in our center, the hypothalamus, we have a part, face recognition, trying to observe people and get a clue out of it. So when we do body language, we reduce ourselves to mammals. I mean, I teach politicians, for example, in body language. So when we read newspapers, this guy shake the guy's hand like this or that, I, I usually laugh because both are trained in body language. So what we judge oh, is right. who, who was the better student that's or, right, exactly. or who has the better PRP agency because they take the picture that works best. That's so funny. So, so body language is, can be faked easily and body language is cultural. So if you, for example, do that in France, it's a good sign. Right, um, right, right. But there are some countries where you shouldn't do that. Because it means something different. So, so that's, that's actually very true. So body language is very different depending on the culture you're in. Yes. And you think that more or less you can fake body language. Easy. If, and, I, and I agree with you. Because I used to be in the media training world. And you can teach it very easily. Like, like basically, if you're sitting this way, if you're, if you're behind, how you're sitting, how you're looking. Makes, you can definitely teach it. Are you saying then you can't, you can't train your face? Your face is what your face is, right? Exactly. See, of course, we always try to fake our face, but it, it, it really doesn't work out on the long run. Why do actors always have breaks after two minutes, three minutes? Because they have to get back in the role they're in, except they play themselves. 
Right. So uh, John Wayne played himself, I would say. Maybe I'm wrong, I didn't know him. Right, 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 but, right. But uh, imagine John Wayne as a Romeo in a, in a love story. That would have been hard on him. Uh, that wouldn't be that easy. So some actors can play lots of roles, while others are very focused on one typical type because they play themselves. They are not able to show and express this role with their face. So are you looking at the lines in someone's face, the, like where someone's eyes are versus like the way it's, is it the shape, like the face shape? Is it the lines in the face? What exactly are the techniques to kind of read somebody properly? Um, so I learned eight techniques, but eight, eight, possibly 20 exists, maybe more. So I learned three Chinese techniques. I learned two European techniques. There's I, that many techniques. Oh, there's even more. Um, there's even more. So in China, face reading, for example, is a little bit like yoga. So there is not the yoga. We have lots of different types of yoga. Right. Face reading, lots of different types of face reading. So oh, there is a technique that is, for example, in China, only related to the tongue. To, to read the tongues because it's a digestive organ. And but that would be called tongue reading, right? It wouldn't uh, it be face could, you reading. You can call it tongue reading, but it's part of the face. They also check eyes a little bit, okay. but they are, the, the tongue is the center of the attention. And it's all health related because you cannot read on the tongue, nice person. Right, 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 right. So going back, going back. So the eight techniques I've learned, some are very altruistic. They are a little bit more philosophical. This is all about when you describe a face, like the shape, or how something is built. But then some are extremely modern. This is how you move the muscles in the face, depending on what you feel. See, you, you're happy. Right. Or you feel, well, you don't like this person. So right. In the moment, kind in of. In the moment. You so call that, what is it? That's called... Uh, Micro-expression reading. Micro-expression yeah, this, this is something you can study in the US as part of the psychology. So right. th there are lots, lots of books about it. This is what I use when I'm working in, in, in contract talks, or when I teach policemen, law enforcement, when we do interviews, then the micro-expression reading is very important to find out someone's lying or what's the emotional status of someone. So we do, yeah, explain what, so micro-expression reading is a, is a kind of face reading that you can do and that people can, you can teach someone to do, but what's the overall, de like explain in detail the definition of it. Okay, let's, um, let's do it with a learning. So your brain, via the facial nerve, is stimulating your 43 facial muscles you mm -hmm. have. And you cannot fake that for a long time, maybe for a short time. But then you always make a mistake. Whenever you show a facial expression for longer than five seconds, it's a fake. So if someone's laughing at you like, you already feel, oh. That or is such a good one. So people are so you can only hold a facial expression for five seconds or less. What if you hold it longer than five seconds? It's a, it's not it's true. It's definitely fake. a fake. So also kids who pretend to be sad. They very often double check in between mom if she really gets it. But um, yeah, that's a fake. First of all, and quick. There's always a quick change in the face, even when you laugh. Like there's always movements. And that's more accurate then. Right. That seems, that's, more, that's more real. But then you still have to look not only on the mouth, but also on the eyes, if the laughter is a real one, right? Because when you laugh, eyes and mouth laugh, not only the mouth. Right. So when people laugh with their mouth only... It's a social smile. It's a social way, smile. Which is okay, because we, you know, nobody wants to know I'm, I'm sad, and maybe I don't want to give them all the burden. But uh, it could be a tricky smile. It could be a disrespectful smile. It could be a smile after a lie, because right. you get through with the lie. Right. So, the, so micro expression, you t you can see what? Like, give me what what it's good for. When you work with police officers, you said, what is it that they're what they can pick up on these well, things? The if someone's thing you, if someone's lying. Yeah, that's the most basic thing. So, first of all, those sentences, the thing that this guy is telling us, is that accurate? And then you check the micro expressions, and by ninety percent you can then detect the lie, which is very high. More than 90% is almost impossible, I would say. Okay, so wait, so you said if someone's holding an expression longer than five seconds, they're totally lying and it's fake. Give me a couple other He things. is pretending. So it doesn't have to be a lie. Let's say someone is, wants to express something and is not sure about it. Mm -hmm. and, and then he might express it with a smile to say, hey, please believe me. So... It's very likely it's a, 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 a lie, but it doesn't have to. You have to double check other things as well. 
So you never can relate a lie to just one thing you see. You should okay. always look for two, three more signs in the face. Okay, so you said the, so besides the holding, give me, so what else would I look for? So the, the microexpression tell you about emotions, feelings, okay. what's the status of you now. Microexpressions also tell you about expectations that you might have okay. or thoughts that are running through your head. Mentalists, they usually read your microexpressions because they give you a stimulation right. and then they check your microexpression and then they know, ah, she acts on the stimulation like this and that and then they already have an idea of what's going on inside you. Right. They don't know exact thought, but they know reaction and, and what was initiating. Wow. So then, what, okay, so then give me, so some of the things... Microexpression. So some of the things that you can look at, you can look at someone's face shape, right? Oh yeah, that would be a Chinese technique, reading face shapes. So when we're born, we have circled faces or oval faces, all babies. Have that, okay. And then it's changing latest on when we are in puberty. Okay. Um, some people change their face shape three, four times a lifetime because we can change the face shape with the help of the lifestyle. Right, right. Eating. Or we, we have a beard. So it's always the shape. It's not bones, right? Right. It's, it, it's kind so the of shape tradition. can actually change as you age and also based on like habits that you're doing, right? Exactly. Eating or But the habits can be referred to who you are. Right. So Absolutely. if you eat that, you're more like this. If you eat that, you act more like that. Right. So this is what Chinese looked at 3,000 years ago, and they created a system with 30 different face shapes, and they have names like a tree, a tiger, um, a king. And it doesn't mean you look like a tiger, but it means 3,000 years ago, they related your personality features with a tiger. Right. So, um, but... How many, face, say, like how many shapes are there? 30. In 30? that technique, okay. there's another technique where you have only five. This is when you use the five elements of the Chinese. But the 30, you can nowadays mix because we are more complex than people 3,000 years ago. Mm. And I think it's because of lifestyle, but I also think it's we are... Well, there's a lot more mix in the cultures, and so there's a lot of reasons. So we mix it, and nowadays I would say, therefore, we have 90 different types of face shapes. So, but What do I have? What's my face shape? Your face shape is a mix of the so-called tree face. The tree face? And a king face. A king face, okay. But then simple features in your face are not related to the king or the, or the tree. They are related to jade. So we could say by shape, your king and tree... But you have jade aspects. Really? Okay, what does that, what does that tell you okay. just by looking a tree, at... A tree face is considered a tree face because this person might act very often like a tree. Now, what is a tree doing? A tree protects, shelters, gives shade, gives fruit, and therefore attracts people. So it tells us already you're caring, uh, you take responsibility, and all of that. A tree... That's what a tree says, that yeah. I'm caring and I take responsibility. Yeah, for example. Okay. Yeah. And the tree is also a good teacher, educator. So the tree attracts people and the people think they know you because it's obvious in what you do the tree stands here in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and but the interesting thing is they have no idea because the tree has a skin and when you have a skin you are for a face reader a loner of thoughts you're not sharing every thought with everyone and a tree when you look outside they want to grow all life long trees grow all life long not right. a lot of things do that and when trees want to grow all life long you want to grow all life long as well so it's unlikely that you will rest at one moment in your life. You're restless, even if you would appear outside calm, restless personality, because you have the inner urge to always grow. The next thing we could say, you're a late bloomer, because next bench, next leaf, next flower. Right. There's always something coming. When you have that, we already can say you're highly individual. You're idealistic. And when you're highly individual and idealistic, you don't want to be compared with anyone. And when you're highly ideal, individual and idealistic, your personality cannot be seen by just this. We could see in your face if you don't feel well, because the tree loses the leaves. That's true. So the next thing we would do in China is we would look on what kind of face, uh, what kind of tree you have. But we don't do that because you add already the king. The king is someone who wants to lead, not follow. The king right. is someone who wants to speak, not listen. The king is good to the little ones, and the little ones don't have to be kids. A king can also mean good to people in need or, or employees or animals. When a king is on a mission, they feel great because then they have the inner urge to create something. They want to leave footprints. They want to leave their fingerprints somewhere. The king wants to 
leave something to the planet once they're gone. So they're, they're not only looking for a reign, they're looking for a legacy. The king, um, when they, oh, that's fun. When the king meets another king. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's fun. Because they subconsciously always check the, other, the, the, the reign of the other king. So, and if they find out the reign is not justified, and so therefore it's, it's always... It's like alpha, really. Kind of, it's like it's the king is bit, like an alpha. It's a little bit alpha. Yeah. Um, and then if the other king's reign is justified, it could be that one king is in the tribe, let's call it this, of the emperor and for a while, but will not feel happy on the long run because every king has the inner urge to establish an own reign. Now, kings are material people, while the jade face of yours is, not, is idealistic. But the king is a material person. The kings need to feel and grab what they're here for. They need a castle. They need a war. They need a treasure. And therefore, a lot of kings are related to the material world, and therefore they express it in a different way. Some kings are collectors. Some kings are very physical. That's what you are. Um, so they relate to the body. So kings need to express that. And therefore, a lot of kings have addictions as well. And they can be of all kinds, of different kinds. Addictions? Yeah. So can you tell... If, can you tell by looking at my face if I have an addiction or if I am addicted to anything? Or um, Quickly, but that's very generic. So you are definitely addicted to um, the hormones that you produce when you get excited. So you, you need... Like endorphins or... Yeah. Okay. So I think that's... Isn't everybody I, addicted to or, no. endorphins though? We have a lot of people who are just mentalists who just work with the head. And mm. uh, we, we have a lot of people who you cannot stimulate to go and work out because they seek pleasures in, in other things. In different things. Yeah. So wait, wait. But it's a high amount, it's true. So if you're, if they're, just tell me what the jade face is, and then I'm going to ask you another question. You said I have a, I have a, a tree, a, a king. king, and you said jade. Aspects. Aspect. How many people have this mixture? And then is there then dominant, one is more dominant than the other? Or? It, it, it relates, well, nobody did ever statistics about it. I found out that it relates, first of all, with the face reader. So where is he around? I meet a lot of kings. Why? Well, I deal with a lot of CEOs. I was uh, going to say, your, your client, like, who are your clients? Oh, okay, back to that. Clients in the U.S. are different than in Asia. Not so much I have in Asia. I have CEOs, I have companies, I have organizations. I work for um, doctors who are in integrative medicine. I work for health retreats. I work for um, hospitality. I work for finance. I work for new technology for entrepreneurs. So you work for basically across the board. Would you say you see a lot of king faces then? In, in that, in that field, area, you yeah. see a lot of king faces. So you're more surprised if you see a CEO who's not a king face. How yeah. often does that happen? It happens three, four times a year for me. And then it's, it's very interesting because he became the king without being a king, right? Yeah. It's quite funny. It is. And because they very often lack leadership skills, but they have different skills. They, have diff they, they are maybe good creators and they have good people skills maybe. Right. Or they are super creative. But when they don't have leadership skills, I usually tell them, listen, you need a general. Because right. if you try to lead, you can do that. There are good books about it. Learn to lead. Right. Um, <laughs> but then you do something that you are not made for. Right. And that costs energy. I mean, you can do that, but do you really want to waste energy on that? Use your energy for the talents you already have. What, what, and so you can actually, through face reading, you can, tell some, you can tell what somebody professionally would be good at or yeah. not. Yeah. So yeah. you'd be super valuable to any company, really. I well, mean, you're like... You can, want, if want I want me to give you a small uh, story about that. Absolutely, I okay. would, Eric. I'll give you a story from Asia. So there was a dentist, and he went in a, high, in, a, in a psychotherapy for years. Okay. And it didn't work out. He was still frustrated, melancholic, and so on. So he said, Eric, um, uh, I heard from my cousin, I think it was a cousin, uh, that you read faces, and we might get information. And I've read his face, and I said, well, the first thing that I want to ask you, and I checked if he's lying, how is your family life? Because I wanted to see, uh huh, maybe the family life is the reason for his. Right. And he said, I'm, my wife, I love her. And the kids, amazing. And I looked at him, and it was true. And I said, okay, let's check the job. And I said, so how's the business? And he said, business runs well. I mean, I'm famous. I'm well known for that. I'm a dentist of the celebrities. Everybody's coming. I looked, and he showed some disbalances. It was not like he was happy, but he was satisfied. And satisfied and happy is something different. Like complacent, you mean? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I saw that, and then I said, 
okay, you know what, I want to read your talents. And he said, okay, why? And I said, because I'm surprised that you as a dentist have no talent to be a dentist. And then he said, what, what, why am I successful then? I said, because one of your talents is to entertain. And I think you have lots of your clients because you're a good entertainer. And people come and they feel welcomed and you entertain them. Right. A talent of a, face of a, of a dentist is uh, being pragmatic. We call it the talents of the hand. Uh-huh. And also be a healer. Because that's good if a doctor is a healer. Right. And you don't have the talent of healing and you don't have the talent of the hands. Wow. And then he said, so what, what do you think why I did that? And I said, I cannot read that in your face. But I guess you've read when you've been in your 20s, it's a cool job to make a lot of money because you also have the talent of the numbers, which is more related mm. to CFOs. And or your father uh, owned an office. And he said, Eric, it was both. And I said, interesting. And he said, he was, he was standing in the corner for a while. And then he said after a few minutes, you know what? I, I think I got the concept. And I said, why? He said, once a month, I feel really good. And I said, when is that? This is when I can. So when he gambles, when he gambles, he feels great. He has no melancholy, no frustration, nothing. And it, it was because he loves entertaining and he loves numbers. And this is exactly his home base. So he said, Eric, what do you recommend me? Do you think I should be a professional poker player? I was going to say a professional poker player. <laughs> and I said, oh, maybe you love it too much. Uh, so I would recommend you something different. I would recommend you don't work six days a week, 10 hours, hire someone. You have enough money. Do five days, and then even then, don't work too much. Entertain the patients and let others do the work. And then at home, invite people to your house. Be a host because you love to give and entertain. They will give you a lot of respect back and love. You will, wow, blossom under that. And the numbers, maybe you find professors who deal with mathematics or something to exchange. And that's what he did. And two years later, he wrote me an email, Eric, thanks. It's exactly what I do, and it works out. Wow. So what what I find so fascinating is that this is so helpful for people because they hire someone like you or they use someone like you and it's like because it's like ingrained in your face, you can't you can't fake that or change it. You were kind of born that way. It can actually it can help somebody like really level up in their life or or like pick a pick a different path, pick a different career, pick a different uh, partner, because you were saying like two kings aren't good together. Like, is there like a match? Like, what are like you know like is it you know if we're two alphas or like a Capricorn and a Virgo or what kind of thing is it similar with the face reading? Like, is it like uh, a tree person with a tree face should be with another person with a jade face or do you have that type of? There are there are definitely face shapes that might be more challenging. And, then, and be more compatible. Exactly. Right. But okay. I found out if you live your life in a winning way, means you live your talents. Okay. And your partner lives your li- his life, her life in a winning way, any shape fits. It's because you fulfill who you are. And then right. under those circumstances, you meet each other. It works, even if both are kings. But you're saying two kings, it's a, they can it's always be, it could be a challenge. But right? let's say one king is successful, right. has his company, and the other king, she has also a company, and is successful, and they might meet later on the day at home and tell them stories about how the day was, and they feel good with that. So in history, sometimes it worked out that two kings came together and make an even bigger country like Spain, Sweden, um, but most of the time, kings usually battled. But it's, it's, it's always possible okay. that even two kings come together. It's only, not, it's only rare when you think on Hollywood movies, very often stereotypes, because... The king is a man, so let's a, king, a typical king face for a man is Daniel Craig. James oh Bond. yeah, of course, James Bond. Yeah, small eyes, small pupils, mouth not really. That's a shaking. king face. That's a pure king, and then the female is very often a pure jade face, which is very sensitive, big eyes, eyelashes, big mouth, a full mouth like Julia Roberts usually has. So like very like a very female like what you think what, what you think of as a female. Like just like in your, you know, in like movies, yeah. that would be a jade face. Yeah, so they usually put King and Jade in the movies together to, to yeah. express the love story, although that is stereotype. But we, we, we don't use some actors for different kind of roles because they just don't fit that kind of stereotype yeah. that we expect. So let, let me, let's say Sharon Stone as a, a super sensitive, loving housewife next to a king. Right. It doesn't work. No. Yeah. It doesn't work by face. 
because right. she is not that person. And she exactly. could pretend to be, but then the movie would be like, mm, I don't like the movie, I don't know why. More with our guest, but first a word from our sponsor. Is there something that's standing in the way of your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling can be a great option for you. It's super convenient, and you get the help you need on your own time at your own pace. They have licensed professional counselors that are specialized in everything from dealing with depression, anxiety, relationships, and so much more. Everything you share is confidential, and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason at all, you can request a new one for no additional charge. You can use any type of communication, text, chat, phone, and even video. And the best part, it's a truly affordable option. And now Habits and Hustle listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code HABITS. Go to betterhelp.com slash habits. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor suited for you. That's betterhelp.com slash habits. And now to our next sponsor. There's a lot of confusion around CBD nowadays, but not all CBD is created equally. Adding hemp fusion CBD to your daily routine adds up to a lot of benefits. Unlike other CBD brands who offer just CBD, Hemp Fusion is CBD plus omegas plus terpenes to help you feel 100%. They do this because CBD works best for your body when it's combined with these other nutrients. This is available both online and at natural product retailers near you. And Hemp Fusion ships anywhere in the U.S. So please use promo code HABITS for 20% off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. That's promo code HABITS. Get Hemp Fusion and they ship anywhere in the U.S. for free when you use that 20% code HABITS. How do you pick up on people's character traits? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you looking at? Okay, first of all, we have to say there is a difference for a face reader between personality and character. Okay. Personality is what we are born with. Every okay. mom knows the kids are different, although it's same mom, same dad. And they have already features. Now, the character is what we develop. Very often, we don't develop ourselves. It's been given by mom, dad, teacher, culture, experiences, school, friends. And that is a lot here. It's a lot ego. It's mm -hmm. a lot I. If your character is the same as your personality, you are authentic. When your character is far off, you need a psychotherapy. But for wow. most people, it's here. It's pretty in line. You say for yeah. most people. We overlap. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, but we always try to be as authentic as we can. So when I look for the character, I would more look on how the micro-expression of someone works out. Because that tells me a lot on, on about what has been developed. For example, let's say a person at the age of five is like every kid exploring, curious, happy. Right. But then at the age of 34, this guy talks to you like this. Jennifer, I'm very happy that you invited me. And people talk like that. So right. there must have been happening something. This guy didn't talk like that at five. No, mom, I don't like the puppet. I want to have the car. No. Right, right, right. So something changed so in pe here. People change as life experience happens. So exactly. they can be one way, one time, and then be, be, be different. And then I quote the way how this person speaks. And related to a character. So I give you these, let's say I talk to you all the, all the same like this. Definitely not a lot of women would be attracted to kiss this man. Right. Why? I mean, he might look good, right? But right. it's just the way how he talks. And the reason is, subconsciously, we are face readers, we feel stricted emotions. Someone who is not really willing to let go of all emotions and feelings. So we already have a little bit of an idea of the way and style how he kisses. Right, 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 or, right, right. Or how he acts in a relationship. He might be very picky or not generous. On the other By hand... By the way, could, he speaks. Yeah. Or could, she on the speaks. other hand, you could say, might be a good guy for risk management. Right, because what, they're showing that they're, they're, they're not open or they're more reserved or they're much more... What would be the way you'd put it? Like, it, I, I, can, I can only agree. This yeah. is what I would use. Of course, I, I add more and more and more to have a bigger picture and not just put it down to this because every person is more colorful than just this. But yeah, it, if, if, if that is um, one of the important things for the lady dating this guy, well, then please don't date this guy because 
if you might look for something different. So you're looking a lot at the mouth and the lips. Eyes and mouth. Eyes right? are, eyes like are the eyes most and mouth. Eyes, that's what I meant. Mouth and think, lips. Think about the smiling. So you see only eyes. Right, you're looking at mouth. the eyes and the mouth. Yeah. When we fall in love, we fall in love with eyes. Right. Nobody's falling in love with a nose. Oh, <laughs> most beautiful nose I've ever seen. Not, Not my nose, that's for sure, but... <laughs> No, look at my nose. I have a big nose. What, what does my nose tell you? Big noses are very often um, underestimated. And usually people say, oh, my big nose doesn't look that good. But subconsciously, big noses have a big impact on people. A big impact on people? Yeah. How? Subco- subco- Let's say you would have a tiny little nose. Okay. Would you think you would appear the same way? You're, people might say, oh, she looks nice, cute, whatever. But the big nose says, hello, here I am. <laughs> it takes space. <laughs> Oh, you start walking. It takes space. Yeah. It oh takes my space. God, it's it like, oh, here I am. You, you want to you wanna go further? Okay, but not without me. You, we have to talk here. But how is that? Okay, I'm thinking like when I was a little kid, I was super self-conscious about my nose. I hated my nose and probably gave me a lot of like insecurities as a little kid. Very easy to explain. But then, okay. Because as kids, we, we want to be part of a group. We don't want to look too special. We want to look almost like a stereotype that everybody looks like. Right, but how did it trans... Like, as I got older, I didn't really care anymore, and I became who I am, right? But, like, don't those things in life impact how you are... how you kind of appear? Like, how you kind of, like, put yourself out there in the world more? Some are happy with their nose, some are not, and then they do plastic surgery to change But I didn't do anything. I'm saying, like, doesn't that... Like, so you're saying I'm like... Like, what I'm trying to get at is, like, my character traits are my character traits, regardless, like, how I am now... I'm conf- I would think I'm, I'm confident regardless of the size of my nose. And so that's a character trait I still... We, we, we cannot quote your character by your nose. We, we could quote um, features that are related to the nose. For example, style how you work, style how you improve, how, how your, your work effort. By my nose? Yeah, okay, that's like what, what Chinese believe, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah, so but, give me some. Sorry? Can you give me some, like, characters? Can you show t- me from the side? Do okay. I have to? Jeez. Good. Okay. So <laughs> It's different, bit... though. My profile on, on my right is different than my profile I on guess, my left. Yeah, because we have two different point of views about yeah. that. But right side was uh, the one that you showed me first, which yeah. is not surprising, because the right side is the material side, the side of the warrior. And now we are in, 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 in what you uh, have as a business. You, you love that. You, you want to do that. It's not about your emotional side now. So the nose that you have is the typical nose that uh, Chinese face readers would relate to the educator and teacher. It is also the, now, the nose of a leader. So she leads with knowledge. She leads through wisdom. She um, also has a lot of determination, stamina, hardworking, ambitious. This is what they would relate for the quick on your nose. For the nose. Yeah. So if I had a different nose, would that not be my... Those uh, character traits will still be mine. Maybe, but... maybe we see those um, <coughs> features um, or characteristics somewhere else. We can see mm. being ambitious also in eyes. Oh, I see. Uh, but not on the nose then. The nose would then tell us maybe something different. So I give you an example. Let's say you have an elder lady, a little bit too much uh, weight, and she has a very, very small and tiny nose. Yes, please do. Um, very often people have the idea, oh, she's... She's a nice grandma. She's a typical take-carer. And my, my little trick is when, I, when I'm in a supermarket, I always check who has the smallest nose here. Because I know they take care. They are very often the ones who Like are, nurturing, you mean? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so a small I, nose when, typically... When I, curious, I look for the, the smaller noses because I know the big one might be the, the officer of, of the supermarket, might be. And um. then they, a phone call, oh, sorry, leaving, and so on. So a smaller nose is more of a... Look on China. In the China. ones who have smaller noses are the followers. But that's not, as I said, not general. The smaller nose only says, I don't want to be seen. So a small nose is, is more of the follower. More. And a bigger nose is more of the, of the leader. Well, more, I mean, this is all general. down to here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're basically dialing it down. I mean, you have an entire book about this, which is like beyond fascinating. Uh, his book is called Face is Our First Language. It's I mean, it's read the face. It's the book. It's the book well, I'm not looking over here. I'll read the face, but I'm reading not the other thing. Sorry, read the face. Face reading for success, your career, relationships, health, 
I mean, it's amazing. So then you talk about the three zone method. Can we just kind of touch upon that a little bit? We can, but to be honest, this is old Chinese traditional wisdom. This three zone method would already um, relate parts of your face to different zones. Okay. So let's say your forehead is more dominant. Okay. Then you can already say that the brain is a lot bigger than usually. Oh, okay. And that is for a reason. Right. Maybe the reason is there's a lot of activity going on. So you know already this person is more in mental things. While when you have dominant eyes, you already know this is a visualizing person, a person who is good in observing things and absorbing things with the eyes. Right. If, you, if this zone is more dominant... Which is your mouth area? Mouth yeah. area. It could be communication, but it's definitely more... Um, Material. It's more about the material world. Eating, kissing, speaking. So the zones also uh, can align to different characteristics of a person. And in China, sometimes they even say, oh, a one with uh, a big zone here, don't mix it with a one a big zone here. Why? Why? Because they think the, the, the mentalist will be bored out by this person or this person will be not physically... Um, supported by, by just a mentalist. Wow. So there's like the forehead, the eyes, and the mouth area. One, if one's dominant, you can tell yeah. stuff. How about your ears? Oh, you caught me on my weak side. Why? <laughs> um, of course, I learned about the ears. But the ears is usually what I read last. Because the ears are, when you ask painters, uh -huh. they said, oh, ears, hardest to paint. Because you can get lost in ears. To read ears is, is almost a philosophy for itself. Ears are related, definitely, to childhood. Right. The childhood. Is, and ears are also, you know, when you go to acupuncture, it are rela related to some health issues. So very often the kidneys, for example, or bladder and so on, is related to ears. Also, uh, spiral issues can be seen in the ears. So, yeah, that's, that's something we could talk about three, four hours anyway. How about teeth? There was a teeth reading in China. Ancient okay. times. Nowadays, it doesn't make sense anymore. You don't do that, Maybe right? in China. Right. But, but not here. To be honest, everybody goes to the dentist. Everybody takes care of that. So that stuff you can change. So again, it's like some stuff that is able, you could, you can manipulate, right? You can change your teeth. You can change your hair. So those things aren't as, exactly, like the body language. Yeah. So that's not as effective as being able to read someone's facial <laughs> lines, eyes, mouth, you know, nose, things you can't really change. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but face readers wouldn't call it manipulate because someone wants to see like that, that person wants to be expressed in that way. Right. So you already know something about this person. Even the hairstyle that you choose, you want to express yourself in that way. It already tells you something about this person. It might be not 100% you, but you want to be seen like that. And therefore, you already know a little bit about this person. And then on top... Any feature that you see has to be proven by microexpression, and that you cannot change. Can you tell us a story about how what you do kind of act, kind of, or has helped someone in business, in business. make a make a good decision okay. or uh, or, I, or a really poor decision? I had a CEO in Singapore that was, I think, two years ago now, uh -huh. two years ago, and he called me and said, "Eric, I established this new department." I have uh, eight or nine people now around me. They're all good in finance. I choose them pretty well. I'm really happy about it. But they already operate since half a year. We have no outcome. Nothing's going on. Please fly in Singapore, take a look on the team. Mm -hmm. I went there and I spoke to the team. And the nice thing is they're all Chinese. So they know what a face reader means. And they found it even great and funny. So they all showed me their family pictures. And I said, listen, it's about you. Um, but it was good. <laughs> so I stayed with them for a day. I talked with everyone, try to find out the on the team, on the team, yeah. try to find out the personality. And on the second day, I looked at the workflow, how they interact with each other. And then on the evening of the of the second day, I had dinner with the CEO. And the CEO said, "So Eric, what's your what's your point on it?" And I said, "Well, first of all, congratulations." And he said, "Why?" I said, "You choose well. You have good people skills." And he said. Thank you. Thank you for the flowers. I want to know the problem. I, what's going on? Who, who, who's the problem here? Maybe it's just one. And I said, well, it's true. It's only one. The problem is the CEO. And he said, what do you mean? I'm the CEO. And I said, yeah, that's the problem. And he said, what do you mean? I, I am the problem for, for, for all of that? And I said, yeah. Why? And I said, you have no leadership skills. And this team is a team of soldiers. And mm. they need the leader. 
and you're not with the team. You choose them, but then you disappeared because you don't want to lead. You want to create all the time. You're an entrepreneur and you have good people skills, yes. But what I would recommend you is that team needs a general. They need someone to lead them. And then they are willing to go to any battle. Right. You said that in the beginning also that like when, when you have like CEOs, when you see a CEO and when they're not like a king, they don't have those leadership skills, okay. right? And like you can't like that's you can't fake that. Like some people, like you said, that's not part of their DNA, yeah. so to speak. Can't help. So what you can help with is kind of tell people where they're remiss on and help them fill in those like holes where they're clearly not able to, to do it on their own. So what happened? Did he hire a general then, or did he hire somebody to be a better manager? Or that could be, yeah. Or they support. No, that in that one situation that you're telling us. Oh, okay, one situation. Um, let me think. No, no, with that guy, with the, the CEO. What happened? Oh, he hired someone. Yeah, that's what I mean. Did but he, he could have supported one of the team. I I also recommended him two of the team that might be good as a general, mm. but I left it up to him to do that. And he said it might be not good because they already worked together for half a year mm -hmm. and they know each other as soldiers. And now, out of the blue, you say, now this one is the general. Right. You can't really do that in a, in a corporate environment. Not, sometimes you can, but not often. True. How about the other story that I, was, I saw in your book about weight loss or weight gain? Mm -hmm. What was that story about? Like, uh, how did you... There's a lot of stories about gaining weight. So one story is that I experienced in Thailand. I have been at a health retreat. Right. And there was a lady. <laughs> she was in her 50s. And um, she came to my session to ask... Why is she always gaining weight, although she has this diet, that diet, she takes care of the food, and she just doesn't know? Right. Well, what I know from this lady is that she already uh, consulted the doctor, the Chinese doctor there, and uh, the Westerner. And so she already had a plan, two plans. And then she comes to me, and I said, listen, that might be a conflict for you now. But how do you help with that, like weight loss? Oh, wait a moment. Okay. <laughs> it's different. It's very often different. So I said, listen, you might have a conflict if I tell you. Um, and then she said, no, no, I want to know. And I've read her face, and I could see she has uh, a weakness of the metabolism for um, simple carbohydrates. And I could also see um, that she's not digesting that very well. She's collecting it. Um, she, I think one of the doctors might have told her so to mm. stay away from simple carbohydrates because she has the weakness of the metabolism here. So you I could tell someone's metabolism by looking at their face. Oh, that's, of course. That's, again, with the health benefits. Of course. A gut. Of course. Or... I mean, our faces change under the influence of, of food. Of food. Sometimes immediately, six beer, you look different. Sometimes over the years. If you, yeah. if you let's say you eat burgers 10 years in a row, uh, the cheapest ones maybe, how do you look then? You look different than someone who has eaten green salad 10 years or whatever. So right. it changes our face because it changes the connective tissue. It changes uh, the liquid of the connective tissue, the, the colors, a lot of things. I told her, listen, I read your face and I can tell you a lot about your issues in terms of food. But I noticed that one part of your face is related to an age where there must have been a big impact. It's Chinese old face reading style. I think it was 34 or 33 that I've read in her face. And I said, I think that all the health and, and weight, gaining weight issues you have is related to an event that must have happened 33, 34. And she started crying out of the blue. And I was, for me, that experience was for the first time. It's almost 10 years ago. And I just waited till she stopped crying and I got her tissues. And then she said, that was the year when my daughter died in a car crash in London. Oh, and what she did is she left London immediately, mm -hmm. went to the Emirates, Abu Dhabi, and started working as an event manager. And she only worked. That's all she, all she did. Working, going back to the hotel, staying there. She never got back to London. Um, of course, Christmas or something. And then she said, so Eric, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, I'm not a psychologist, but you need help. You need to go back to London and try to digest that event. That, that, that conflict inside you that is related to that year. And she said, do you come with me? And I said, I'm definitely not coming with you. And she said, come on, you have been the first one who saw that. And I said, listen, I'm a face reader. I'm an advisor. <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Yeah. I do not diagnosis. I do not therapies. There are a lot of better people. I am the one with the bell. Bing, bing. Right, right. Maybe I'm a coach, but this is not to be coached. Right. But I'm sure people do. Like they, they probably do 
um, mix, mix up like co I mean, consultant advisor to therapy, right? Because it's a form of therapy to them, right? Cause they're trying to figure out what, what's, what's going on with them. That's why I recommend every therapist to learn a little bit. Faster. No, I agree. And I think what for people who are intuitive, they have that, uh, that thing that we we're talking about earlier, that micro expression. micro, they're, they're good at the micro expression yeah. face reading, yeah. you know, and I think anybody can get good at it if they look for the right signs. Absolutely. But um, there probably is like the people are trying to, they want you to solve their problems by like reading other people. I was like, what I'd like to ask you is what are like three, three tips you can give the layman person like me um, to look for when we meet somebody? How do we really genuinely get to know somebody? Um, is there like th three questions or three things we can look at to kind of to quickly get to the core or the root of that person? So to get someone to know someone generally in seconds, that's almost impossible. Um, it would take... It will take forever, but I mean... Forever. But okay, I, I, you can definitely find out what is the, the feeling, the emotion, um, the person right now at the moment. The first the, thing, yeah, just a, just a little bit of like, just a, just a starting point okay. for some people. Well, we said eyes are most important, so we take a look on the eyes. Right. And the eyes are divided into sclera, this is the white part, iris, this mm -hmm. is the color part, and pupil, the black part. And already that tells us a lot. Why? Well, let's say the pupil is small, mm -hmm. or the pupil is large. Kids very often show large pupils. Right. Why? The nervous system is stimulated in an imaginative way. They see colors, they have fantasies, dreams, they're excited. Boom. So when you have someone with big pupils right in front of you, you already know imaginative person uh, loves colors, loves emotion. So when I approach him as a salesperson, right. I would not say, oh, listen, this thing costs 12,000. If you do that, you save 1,200. I would say, wow, look at that color of the car. Right. Wow, right? And inside the leather, it's white. Wow, you feel it. Can you feel it? Oh, it's great. Right. If you have someone with small pupils right in front of you, this is someone who's calculating. So I give him numbers. I give him things to think about. And the interesting thing is you could even recommend food and drinks because the one with the large pupils usually go for the sweet things or for smoothies or maybe for the matcha tea but the small pupils are the coffee drinkers and you can so you can already relate a little bit like that to the people the sclera the white part is usually on the left and on the right of an eye okay. and sometimes the sclera shows up below the iris and that is very often the case when the iris goes i call it upstairs okay. it means it shows uh, energy loss you know when people die yeah. But not only when people die, when you lose energy, iris goes up. But what are we looking for is, I guess, my question. It's like, when you say look at the eyes like that, what are we, what are we learning if they're eating, a, drinking coffee or doing whatever well, no, you're saying? You, you already know this person is a thinker. This person is someone Is it good with numbers? And like, but is there a way to kind of be, okay. But like, that to me is a little difficult, right? Because when I look at your eyes, I get it. But I'm not an expert in that like detail. Is there something else we can do that's not so... Well, listen, you, you only have to show a little bit patience. Um, let's say you sit together with a man with my eyes, right? Small pupils. So you talk, you talk. Then after five minutes, my pupils out of the blue. Mm -hmm. So you know what I've said just touched his heart. Mm -hmm. He gets imaginative. That's a big help. Yeah. Or I have always big pupils. And they're like, oh, what an imaginative personality. And out of the blue, oh, I... I gave him something to think about. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to interact with people and to, if you wish, you could even maneuver them. Uh, but on the other hand, you just show empathy if you act on this. So there's a lot that you can see um, just by that. Give us one more we can go with. Um, let's say I'll give you, I'll give you something that you um, might see easier. Let's say gestures to the face. Because body language is this. Mm -hmm. Gestures to the face, we usually don't. You mean by, gestures? Yeah, just, gestures. We don't face? do by purpose. Nobody has in his head, oh, I do now grab my ear. Right. Uh, I want to rub my forehead. No, we don't do that because we learned, by the way, every culture, touching the face is not a good idea. Bacteria and all that stuff. Right. So we don't do it. Women do it less than men, maybe because of makeup, can be other reasons. Uh -huh. as well. So when someone grabs the face, this is something that happens subconsciously. And not, not for no reason. There's always a reason behind right. it. So when, 
when someone touches the face, we only have to refer this part of the face to something, right? So, for example, if someone wraps the nose, mm -hmm. that's a deep sign of stress. Really? Yeah. So because, when, I grab, when I go like this to my nose, it's stress, I'm, yeah, I'm stressed out. Yeah. What if when someone does this? You stimulate your, your lungs. You want to take a deep breath. So that's why you do. If you, if you do that, you grab your nostril like this. Um, that means I need more space. So when I do interviews for police and law enforcement, and we have possible criminal, and he does this, when you scratch I, the out I know I have him in nose? the corner. Uh, he wants to get out. Okay. Or someone does that. That means proof. I prove you. Oh, they want proof. Yeah. I do this all the time. Yeah. So this That's when you're grabbing your chin. But the interesting thing is when someone stops it, then decision is made. So you can even stop explaining a lot of things. So this is still proven, proven, and then you stop. And then you know, ah, already made a decision. When you then now read microexpression, you know the decision is good or bad for you. That's interesting. How about when someone um, bites the inner of their lip like this? Inside, you mm -hmm. mean? Inside their oh, lip. That's more difficult. Um, it can mean two things. It depends on the personality. But what it mostly means is, um, I want to say something, but I hold myself back. It's the same like when you use the tongue. What does that mean? That means the same. I, you want, want, to, to say I want to use my tongue. But you won't. You're not well, going to say something. I hold myself back, yeah. And depending on the eyes, you're angry, or you're just ashamed, or depending on that. Now, if someone plays with their hair like this, is that... Body language, or it's more, is it? Is it's that, both, that's, it's both. But um, and it can be related to a lot of things. First of all, it can be related to your personality. Maybe you do that all the time. Right. And it would be a sign of playfulness. Oh, okay. Um, or because you are easily bored. You're a person who's also easily bored. Damn. So therefore, <laughs> yeah. we always have to give you varieties and colorful things. It shows, okay, boring starts. Um, but it could be also, if you, let's say you don't have that feature as a personality, it could mean, hey, I want to be seen in the room. And so you do something that is not too offensive, but courts attention. And playing with long hair is always a good sign. When, when there is a competition between women, because there's one guy, and everybody wants to be seen by him, they would usually stress the hair to be more seen. How about dimples? When people have dimples, what is that? D dimples, um, in the European face reading um, tradition, there is nothing about moles and dimples, but Chinese love it. Um, how many politicians and CEOs mm -hmm. do you know who have dimples in the cheek? Almost nothing. No one. Maybe really? There, maybe there is one or two, but think about it. And if you find out someone, let me know, because I can use that picture as an, an exception. An example? Why, why is that? Then why well, is that? Well, first of all, the cheeks are, for Chinese, pillow of power. So depends on how the cheeks look like, mm -hmm. you deal with power in a different way. So think of Clint Eastwood. Okay. The pale rider. Right, 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 oh, right, right. Oh. The gaunt cheeks. Exactly. And another one looks more like this. Oh, he might be in charge, but he's more relaxed with that. So let's say you have dimples in your pillow of power. Okay. That means, well, you have the ability to make people smile. You have the ability to find the right word at the right moment. So that's more a diplomat or an entertainer mm -hmm. or uh, someone who loves communication. But it minus the ability by appearance mm -hmm. to be a leader. So people who have dimples are usually not leaders. Not typically. It could be that they have eyes and mouth that say opposite. And then you say, okay, because of those eyes, eyes overrule. You are a leader, but you're a funny leader. Because... Well, I have dimples though, right? Uh, honestly, <laughs> we no. would not relate it to dimples, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I don't have dimples? I, I would not relate it to the typical dimples that we use in face reading. You don't? Yeah. They're just they, more they should be more. They're more lines. More dominant. They're more just like you know, uh, aging lines. Okay, fine. Um, so people, <laughs> so people, uh, so people. I think that's funny. So people basically who have dimples are typically not leaders. Um, and does it make if someone has one dimple versus two dimples? Does that tell you something different? Because yeah, a lot of people it, have it, two versus. I mean, a lot of people have one versus two. It 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 exactly. It's it's always about. The proportion, the more you have, the more potential in that kind of field you have. Mm, okay. An interesting dimple is the one you have here. Oh, a cleft in the chin. Yeah. Because there are, I think, two or three different sayings about that, even in the Greek culture. So the one thing is, 
what they say about your personality because of that dimple. Yeah. Whatever she does, she gives 150%. This oh. is one thing they say about that. Okay. Second thing they say about that, that comes from facial diagnosis, goes back to Hippocrat. Uh-huh. One disposition she has to be, uh, she has to take care of when it comes to health is lower back and, and abdomen. So when you have a cleft in your chin, you have to look at, it says to you... It's a disposition. When you get out of balance, the body very often reacts with the with, abdomen or the lower back. So the stomach, your abdominals, or your lower back get out of whack. Yeah. But what does it say about your actual personality traits or character traits that you... What would it, it was just, whenever she acts, she gives 150%. 150%. And the warning in it is, be careful not to attract too many people who only give 10%. And then what, you said one other thing. Um, when someone has the lines at, at the top of their lips, what's that area called on the top of their lips? Uh, philtrum. A philtrum. When someone has a philtrum. The philtrum is the last part that it has been built in mom's womb when the baby's born. It's okay. in the last weeks. Okay. So if people come to life without a philtrum, right. it's even for doctors uh, a little bit of a worrying sign. It uh, means that mom must have... Um, used kind of addictive things like eating too much sugar, smoked cigarettes, or drank alcohol or mm. coffee too much. Um, that part is philtrum, is old Greek and means miracle of love. We could also say it's affection. And therefore you see in, 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 in a lot of actors' face a strong deep philtrum. And the way how it's built, and the Chinese know 60 different philtrums, right. it means something different. Wow, like there's so many, th- I can literally go on forever. I mean, there's so many questions I can ask you. I know it's been an hour. Um, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just going to tell people to like get your book because you really go over everything in this book, like beyond. Uh, it's called Read the Face, Face Reading for Success. Eric, stand up. You've been a really great guest. Um, thank you. No, you, thank you. And um, thank you for being, again, a great sport by jumping on a treadmill and uh, basically Sweaty. walking as we do this workout. It's kind of hard sometimes to read my face and do it, but uh, you're a real trooper. Uh, is there anything else that, we, that you want to kind of uh, touch on that we haven't? Yes, one last thing. Okay. First of all, to give everyone confidence that everyone is a face reader and you can train it. It's a muscle. You cannot use it, then you lose it. The less you deal with people, the less you're good in it. The more you deal with people, the more you train it. And when you have maybe a conflict between a business card or any good reference, but also your feeling, trust your feeling. Because the feeling has been stimulated by the face recognition skills you have. Oh, I agree. And that's why I really wanted to have you on. I think all of these things are extremely useful and, and, uh, and helpful when I think more than anything for success in life, it's about having good people skills and being intuitive. And like you just said, it's like, it's like a muscle. Everyone can get better at it if yeah. they just have the tools and, and learning like small little things of how to read someone's face or how, what they're thinking or how they are by these little tips and tricks that you provide. I think it's, it's really, really, it's fascinating and it's, it's a great, it's a great thing to have in your toolbox. So Thank you so much. We didn't get, I, there's so many more things I wanted to go over with you, so you're going to have to come back. I would love to. I really had a great time with you. Thank you. How do, they find, how do people find you? Um, internet, type in face reader Eric or <laughs> Eric Standup. It's very easy to find you there. Are you on, are you on any kind of social media? Uh, uh, I'm in social media. You find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram, but uh, more on Facebook and on YouTube. On YouTube, or yeah. on um, you go on ericstandup.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.